Welcome to Out With Dan, the podcast that spotlights and examines the voices of LGBTQ authors, characters, and our allies. Together, we lift our voices and we tell our stories. I'm Dan White. Join me as I chat with this week's author. Back to Out With Dan. Today, I'm excited to talk with New York Times bestselling author, Katie Robert. Welcome, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, thank you. And we're going to talk about, among all other things, but especially Hunt on Dark Waters. This is your first um, book that has pirates. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. First pirate, um, which is strange that I've been doing this for over 10 years and I just now got around to pirates. But yes, first one. (laughs) (laughs) And was there a particular desire for pirates? I mean, I know that it is a popular genre, but is there one particular thing about it? Um, I, it's one of those weird genres that like, I always feel like it's more popular than it is just because I really like pirates, but it's, the seeds were definitely sown back in the day with Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, even before the movie came out, like the, the, like the ride on Disneyland, mm-hmm. I was in grade school and like you smell like the chlorine, whatever that scent is that is probably, don't tell me it's questionable. Um, (laughs) But just like the whole experience was just like, oh my gosh. And then when the movie came out, I think I was in high school. I don't know. Time is a flat surface. And it kind of (laughs) captured that and amplified that feeling of like possibility and magic. And I've been chasing that feeling for like my whole career, basically. That's what I look for when I'm, writing and uh this series is just sort of my love song to that feeling of like is it it's it's fantasy pirates so they like they smell good and there's no scurvy um but yeah it's just the adventure well and i like that i think one of the things that attracts me to it is it is that adventure but it's also it feels like because I have worked for a cruise line before. It feels like freedom, you know. If you have, if you're a crew member and you have to work, it may not be that free. But I think something there's something so sexy about going to a different place and a different port and and just being out on the sea. So, yes, Evelyn, yes. <laughs> Evelyn is so fun to read. Evelyn is a messy witch who, um, by her own admission, is really bad at picking bed partners. Uh, Did you enjoy writing Evelyn? Oh, yeah. She's, I kind of ironically had Bowen first in my head. I am not one who traditionally is drawn to the paladin archetype, but I, T. Kingfisher, I discovered her a couple years back, and she has a paladin like fantasy series or fantasy series that features a lot of paladins. And I was like, Oh, like I get it now. Like I understand what, what the attraction is and like how you can kind of angle it to make it more interesting than just like the, like, you know, the traditional archetype. Um, So I knew that I had Bowen who, you know, he thinks he's on the side of angels. He's not, but (laughs) I was like, how do you get somebody who's so, intensely certain that he's right to realize the truth of the things and the answer is evelyn is she's never met a pocket she doesn't want to pick she (laughs) well like she takes vows and discards them as easily as anything and just asks a lot of why 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 is it like this and when you are somebody who just like grew up in like a way that's like oh this is how it is it's like 
but then you start questioning you're like oh this doesn't actually <laughs> make sense huh um but she was just so much fun like i just wanted that chaotic component to balance out his you know he's kind of got to stick up his ass a little bit <laughs> and topple his worldview <laughs> but i think as a reader i thought his stick up his ass was really charming you know he i hope so <laughs> he, yes well he has this um he has this philosophy and he's going to go for it because he believes it wholeheartedly and he believes it with a genuine honesty, which is so wonderful to read. And I, I did enjoy it and I fought for him. I really did. <laughs> I, I think that's the thing that kind of saves him is that he's not really righteous about it in like the yes. way that like, or self-righteous, I guess, that uh, he's just like, no, I, we do good things. We help people. This is what we do. And it's just very like, you know, and once he realizes that he's like, no, I, you know, we're not going to like bolt off into having this lovely life. Like we got to fix things that I helped create. And it's just, I, my editor says this book is kind of justice for Norrington from Pirates of the Caribbean. And like, I didn't intend to set it out that way, but it is a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but it works really, really well. I mean, it's it, like I said, you fight for him and, and you realize that, yes, he's read the company manual. He has studied it and he believes it wholeheartedly. And then unfortunately, it's, you know, it's just the company's position. It's not the truth. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Unfortunately. You're working for the villain, my dude. <laughs> like, oh no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love him. I, I love them both so much. Oh, I I just I rooted for them the whole way through. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, and it is on the back of the book. I mean, Evelyn is messy. She's just but she's so much fun. And I like that that constant asking of why. And she also is. She's somebody that has her own mind. I think she fools herself sometimes, but like her relationship with Lizzie is so much fun. And it's, it's definitely had got a be, lot of electricity. <laughs> I had to be really careful with that because I was like, maybe she should just be with Lizzie. And I was like, no, that's not the story I'm telling. Lizzie's <laughs> book two. Lizzie, we justice for Lizzie. But okay. um, she just, that relationship was so dynamic in a number of ways because it had to be something like fiery enough to incite a strong response of like i'm just gonna steal your shit when i go and also <laughs> i'm going to track you down to take it back which is yes for the jewels but like how much of it for the jewels and how much of it is because there's like you know feelings there that neither one of them can really acknowledge um and it did, they did give me the opportunity to write one of my favorite random little like sub tropes that I don't see very often, which you see in Jennifer's body in a simple favor, but it's two women with like undeniable chemistry, like arguing while a man sort of bleeds out of the background. He's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, they were, they were a lot of fun and like bumping Lizzie and Bowen together because they're not dissimilar in their rigidity um mm. even though they like are completely different value systems and like how they operate and move through the world but they're both very rigid characters and so putting them like in this like head-to-head -head periodically was a lot of fun it is and it's fun to read as well you know and it's it, the greatest thing is i think that while they both had a little well 
Bowen definitely had some fear of Lizzie for sure. Uh, yeah. They had a they had a, enough respect for each other to realize, I think, how far they could push it before something would really, really go completely wrong. And then I, Lizzie's toying with, but also her love in her own way of Evelyn really shows up in a beautiful way as well. So congratulations on that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so it's also a nice steamy romance and it has some really lovely scenes that, you know, I needed a cigarette for. So I was like, good job on those as well. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah, Bowen's telekinetic and I almost, almost I got nearly to the end of drafting and I was like, oh no, I have Chekhov's telekinesis. And it's like, she comments several times on like the marvels at his control. And I was like, I did not use this in creative ways during any intimate scene. And I need to go back and fix that. Like, <laughs> so I did. So that's, yeah, dodged a bullet. <laughs> well, and I, I think that's, you know, I know that this is book number one in a series. And so mm -hmm. you, if you give all of it away in the first book, you know, then you're scrambling in the second one. But I do think that that's, that's a great thing because you have really set up this book to have so many wonderful things happen in the next book or books. So do you anticipate it to be a two or a 10 a or any trilogy? Idea? It's going to be a trilogy. Um, the second book is Lizzie and a Selkie who loses her skin. Cause I've wanted to tell a Selkie story like since the beginning <laughs> of time. And then the third book is a triad with Knox and two characters we haven't been introduced to yet. as of the first book, um, which, was not originally the plan, but as soon as Knox walked on the page, I was like, yes, they need a book and it will be this book. And he, how can I make this work? So, yeah. And their story is interesting as well. I really, you know, there are so many wonderful dynamics about this and I, I'm going to, I'm going to bring in a little bit of something. There's, there's a, a great deal of morality involved in this and in such a wonderful way. It's not hitting someone over the head with morality, but just you really do see the dynamic. I mean, you see Evelyn's grandmother swoops in and raises her and stuff like that. And during the book, Evelyn talks about Bunny quite often. And it's a really nice homage to family and love. And was that an important aspect for you or did it happen? Um. I I really wanted to look at, I, I tend to like not plan on certain things that I will be grappling with in the books that I write, but I I had a really strong relationship with my grandmother. Not, not she's not remotely similar to Bunny, but that <laughs> idea of losing someone who's so instrumental in your life and is such like a foundational part of it. And mm -hmm. even though they're gone, it's like, you know, the fingerprints are all over the way that you function and move through the world. And so, and there's like that grief that she still feels, even though it's been some time since Bunny passed. And then counteracting that with, while Bowen, I mean, he has a bit of a found family, but it's not a good one initially. Right. Um, but like found family is definitely something that like over the course of the series, it's like this grappling between um, loyalty to family versus like loyalty to the people that you come in contact with and, and who might complicate things. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I think that that certainly came through for me. I felt that that kind of connection to 
our inner being, as well as, you know, how we were raised and who we come into contact with. I really, that really appealed to me and amongst all the other stuff, you know, and I find that sometimes when I mention this to a fantasy or a romance writer, they're like, well, I don't, I don't really get you. But for me, I felt like family was very important in this. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's something that like, family can look like so many different things. And so I really enjoy seeing the different angles I can come at that with in my work, just because family is the greatest thing and also the most traumatic thing by turns, depending <laughs> on the circumstance. <laughs> you know, I remember saying growing up, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family, which is very true. So exactly. it, it can be both good and bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you have a favorite character? I know it's like saying, uh, which of your animals do you like the best? But is there one particular character that you liked for maybe even a quirky reason? Um, I really liked Dia, who's the, she's kind of almost like a bunny stand-in on Bowen's ship. She's the navigator. And she's just, you know, smoking a little bit of drugs and just kind of doesn't give a damn and like I she's not in the second book but she has to come back in the third because like it's was so like she stole every scene she was in but in addition to that like she kind of became this almost connection point between Evelyn and Bowen because Evelyn instantly like recognized like oh yes like grandmotherly authority figure and like I, I get you and Bowen had been like had you know somewhat of a relationship with her like up until like you know she departs and it's like it it's said I don't know it's just very interesting I, I liked her a lot <laughs> I like it I like it well I have enjoyed this book it was so much fun and I wish you the very very best of success with it do you Thank have you. a do you have a website or social media you would like to share? Yes, I um, social media comes and goes, but uh, my website and newsletter are always the greatest thing. It's it's Katie K like it's still down there. Uh, Robert.com. Perfect. The book is called Hunt on Dark Waters. It is so fantastic. I enjoy this. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Hang on for me just a second. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Out With Dan. You can find more information about this podcast and its host at outwithdan.com, on Twitter at outwithdan, and on Instagram and Facebook at gooutwithdan. This podcast is hosted by Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, and the theme music is provided by bensound.com. Join us again soon for the next episode of Out With Dan.